Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. We talk today with uh, some incredible people out of Memphis, Tennessee. And and, and I'm, the conversation started by an author, Alvin Beisner, uh, by Beisner, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote a book, and, and I said, Calvin, that's great. I would love to talk about how do we minister to the, the least of these? How do we talk about poverty? Because this is a, a subject that the church needs to really focus on because the church has walked away from a responsibility to really handle this. And I'm not talking about the four walls church. I'm talking about the body of Christ church. But I said, Calvin, I want somebody on the ground. I want somebody that's actually involved in ministering to the least of these and seeing success in doing so. And he goes, we got to get Effie Johnson. <laughs> so we got, we got Calvin. Beisner and Effie Johnson on the line today from Memphis, Tennessee. We're talking about poverty, but we're not talking about, this is not a political show. You guys know that. We're talking about poverty today so that we can have a better understanding on how to make an impact on our own community, wherever you're listening to this show today. So Calvin, Effie, welcome to I Work For Him. What does it take to move somebody from poverty to being stable? Most of us have never even seen that kind of a plan. So we want to bring in, why? Because this all comes back to jobs and business. Because when somebody has a job, they can begin to flourish. And businesses provide jobs. And businesses provide money to provide for people who need, who want to come out of poverty. And, and we're all involved in the marketplace, but there's some that don't get to participate like others. And so that's why we're talking about this and I work for him today. That's exactly right. So, um, Effie, you know, I know that our listeners are leaning in and they're thinking, wow, I don't even think about this conversation. And um, if I want to do anything, I wouldn't even know where to start. So not all of us are in Memphis, which is where you are. um, But how what does an organization like yours look like? So when when people are saying, I want to find an organization that I can partner with, and your organization can be found online at ncclife.org. What 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 should they be looking for in their community? Well, one thing we we believe and we've learned to do is uh, is that organization focused. Um, we we used to try to do everything and respond huh. to every situation, you know, and be all things to all people. We cannot be that. So what we are is a wraparound services uh, and uh, family engagement organization, and and you can read about that. But that's what we focus on, and other people focus on mental health or behavioral health or social-emotional health, whatever the different areas mm-hmm. they focus on, we refer to them. We refer to them and not try to be all of that. Uh, the second thing I think is important is that, is that organization collaborative? Do yeah. you see them working alongside other people that are walking in best practices, or are they a long-ranger long doing their own thing? You know, so that's, <laughs> that's another area that um, we think is important. And then, are they uh, actively involved in the community? Um, are they doing the work that um, that um, they say they're doing every day um, with those that um, that they say they're doing doing mm. with? Um, and then, um, 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 are they incorporating outcomes in the midst of their outreach efforts? You know, are, are they? Doing what does that mean? Um, What's that mean? 
that means that you're doing outreach because that's important to develop a relationship to incentivize people to come. Sometimes you have to pass out things and give away things. But how are you demonstrating outcomes? Were there were there successes? Were there uh, was there growth? Was there development out as, as a outgrowth of them coming to you over a period of time? So did you identify that they come multiple times? And now, what are the outcomes? Did the child improve in their reading because they came to your after school program, or are you just letting them watch games all day, play games? All day? Uh, right. Or are they improving? Are they improving in their behavior or in their attendance in school because you're incentivizing them that they can have a party at your activity-based location if they're doing this at the school? And are mm. you keeping record of that? So um, we've had to learn. We, we've been growing and learning and aligning ourselves with people. Um, United Way has a, a, a right. approach that we're connected with. Uh, Slingshot is someone we're very interested in trying to be a part of. We're not, but they are doing best practices. <laughs> Now, Calvin Beisner, you wrote this book, Prosperity and Poverty, The Compassionate Use of Resources in a World of Scarcity. And then you put in there that an introduction to economics built on a biblical worldview, theology, and ethics, which is, you know, that yeah. blows my mind kind of stuff. Okay. What, 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 what was your point in writing this book? There's a lot. I mean, this country, our country is the richest country in the world. Bar none. Nobody else has got more wealth than we do. Yet we have we have the same kind of poverty problem in this country, and maybe even more of a problem with poverty in this country than some of the less wealthy uh, countries. How, why do we, the United States of America, why do we have such a problem with poverty, and is the church the solution? Well, I think I'll, I'll go backwards there. Yes, the church is the solution. <laughs> uh, and then the next question is, well, what do we really mean by poverty? Because, frankly, uh, the people we define by federal uh, federal regulations as, as poor in America are actually typically better off than the average West European. That's, you know, the average people in France and Italy and Spain and Germany and so on. Our so-called poor tend to have more income, more purchasing power, more more possessions than the average people in Europe. And so we have an, uh, a, a strange hmm. definition of poverty in the United States. The biblical definition of poverty is actual destitution. In the Bible, you're poor materially if you really don't know where your next meal is going to come from. And that's the kind of people where John says in 1 John 3.17, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? And the answer is, it doesn't. You know, that's pretty obvious. Mm, We're told to remember the poor, and we have the example of Christ, who, uh, though he was rich, yet for our sakes became poor, so that we, by his poverty, might become rich. So my aim in my book, frankly, was primarily to look at, you know, how do we, how do we adopt government policies that prevent the government itself from perpetuating poverty mindsets? Ooh, wait, wait, I think, frankly, more often than not, the government is, is the worst thing to bring into trying to help the poor. Well, and we've um, seen that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Calvin, hang on, hang on a second. Because what you just said there is probably the most powerful point that you're going to make all day. is Because the government's been fighting poverty for 70 years, and, and we have just now, I, as a body of Christ, I think we're waking up to the idea and to the understanding that a lot of these programs that have been passed by both sides of the aisles have perpetuated poverty and not really brought solutions to poverty. 
And, and that's what you s- just said. It's so powerful. But that's because the church is, is supposed to be the solution to this, not the government. And this is why works like what Effie is, de- is doing with neighborhood Christian centers here in Memphis and elsewhere, uh, these are so important because they really do get involved directly in people's lives. And you know, during the break, <laughs> we happen to be talking about how you know, throwing money at poverty is not a good solution, and that is absolutely right. But throwing money at people who are getting involved in literally, truly helping people to get out of a poverty mentality, out of generational poverty, throwing money at them is a very, very good thing to do. Yes. I mean, that's exactly what Paul raised money for uh, during the famine of, uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, he raised money from churches all over Achaia. And so, you know, frankly, most of us are never going to be called to do what Effie does. You know, there are a lot of different members in the body of Christ. We all have different mm-hmm. callings. But we, what we all can do is get involved in supporting the kind of work that Effie is doing. And you know, that, you know, I, I think your listeners uh, may be thinking, well, but I don't have five or six hours a week, 10 hours, 12 hours a week to pour into people. True enough. But there are people who are called to do not just five or six hours a week, but 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but they need their bills paid. And that's where your listeners can be so helpful, uh, truly, writing the checks. And and this is one of those times where we actually agree in saying that, you know, you as as a worker earning an income, you can help others flourish by supporting organizations like Effie's organization, which ncclife.org, because she is doing that work. And so, you know, there's that fine line, Jim, where we talk about that. You know, it's like we want everybody to understand what their sphere of influence is their mission field, but we can support people like Effie doing this work. Um, I also just want to think about what what our workers can do in their how does how does business actually play a play a part in the solution though in the flourishing Effie? Well, we include um, business owners, um, uh, banks, uh, hospitals, um, different types of businesses, and are involved in helping us to serve um, families every month in our mobile uh, pantry initiatives. Uh, we have different ones mm-hmm. that come out and volunteer during their lunch break or after school, right after school, they'll trade their lunch break for 3 o'clock time and come and read to a student. So we are including, including the marketplace community in being directly involved by intentionally inviting them to be a part of what we're doing in the communities we serve. Is, there, is this just an inner city issue? Poverty? Is it just an inner city no. issue? <laughs> no, this is not. I mean, we're, we're, we're beyond... Uh, we're out where, where Jim and his church are. We're serving people in that um, further um, east of Memphis um, area where people don't necessarily look the same as those that we're serving in the middle of the city. Um, there's rural poverty or there's rural, there are people that are living in, um, in situations where they, uh, they're senior citizens now. They've lived and mm. gotten older and no one else is around to help them. So we, the picture or the face of poverty or face of people that need help are not just youth or not just uh, a woman with seven kids living in, in you know, inner city Memphis or wherever, uh, that could be a great, a lot of grandparents that are taking care of raising their, their grandchildren. Yeah. Right. So that's added, uh, added an additional, um, um, burden for them. They love the children, but they can't afford to, to do it. So, mm. uh, where, where the areas that we serve where Mr. Jim is, 
Uh, we have 55-plus families that we've identified right out there that need us to be able to help them with food, you know, so they can stabilize. And they may never get all the way over because they're so far past the age to work. And so um, we're going to be called to serve those types of people all the time. And Good do we point. leave them out there to, to, to fend for themselves? We can't do that. For right. those of us who have energy and who have ability to help, to pass out food, to do whatever they need, that helps to reduce the stress on people, on their children, so the right. desperation right. is reduced, so then you have less violence. You have less uh, people getting out and, 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 and stealing. Not all the way can be uh, corrected by that, but that reduces it. You're listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work for Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.